Hello and welcome to Reading It Appears. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is a podcast where I get some of my very good friends on to chat about and discuss all kinds of movies. So joining me today, once again, it's David Scully and he's here to talk about Daniel Craig's 2006 James Bond debut, Casino Royale. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. We didn't discuss how we were going to intro this one. I think it would be funny if we just started talking about the old Casino Royale. The old just, Casino Royale. David Niven was my favourite of the multiple James Bonds. Peter Sellers. Yeah. <laughs> Ursula Anders yeah. did it. I showed that trailer to my housemate like, earlier and it's so funny because when they're introing all the people in the trailer it then stops doing the James Bonds. It does like Orson Welles is this and then yeah. it's back to James Bonds. <laughs> For anyone that hasn't watched it watch the 1967 Casino Royale trailer. Yeah. We'll probably talk about it later. It's but ridiculous. It's great. David you're back hello. Thanks very much for having me. Back in the... Oh, this is my first time in the new uh, podcast First studio. person in both podcast studios. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I feel so... I feel so honoured. Like, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm out of many firsts on this podcast. But also, so... What's special about this podcast, besides the fact that you're here, of course, mm. is um, is you're back next week and we're going to be talking about No Time to Die, the new James Bond film. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing it. Uh, midnight screening. Can't wait. Such a bad idea. Longest James Bond movie ever and we're seeing that at midnight. Such a bad idea. <laughs> 3am um, so what I decided was because you know remember I had the whole Brosnan thing mm-hmm. the, the, that Brosnan meltdown back in May <laughs> yeah, you just you just couldn't help yourself could you so I thought whenever I do a series of podcasts and in this case it's two of them uh, I thought I'd have a name for it and I hope you approve because okay. I put a lot of work into it yeah. okay so this one is called David's 007 Duology of Daniel Craig's Dreary Anthology <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's fair yeah no because I, I looked into it and because when two sentences of at least ten syllables rhyme, that's a doublet. So I've wrote a poem. And every poem needs a title. So I've called this poem, this doublet of mine, No Time to Die, Plenty of Time to Casino Royale. <laughs> Is that, that's almost as long as the poem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Um, no, I'm actually absolutely honoured that I was part of this. This is incredible. This book ending of this yeah. David's 007 duology of Daniel Craig's dreary anthology. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's a sad James Bond series. He's a very sad James Bond. He is. Um, yeah, like it's 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 more serious than any of the other James Bonds. I suppose yeah. I suppose we're getting into it now. Yeah. But I was just going to say, like to to start off, like these James Bond movies and Casino Royale mainly is kind of um, they're of their time as a lot of James Bond movies are and I think because the um, the series of movies have spanned such a long period of time from the Connery movies through you know obviously each decade you see how cinema has affected them yeah and this one obviously coming out in the mid 2000s it's obviously affected by the Jason Bourne movies yeah. but also how like you look for example at uh, Batman like oh yeah, yeah it's obviously like uh, Batman Begins came out in 2005 so um, the whole kind of dark and gritty turn of um, these characters um, has obviously become more popular but like I think because this is an origin story I think it actually makes sense for that and I, I think it's also affected by Die Another Day and the, the late latter uh, Pierce Brosnan being a movies. fantastic movie yes, absolutely right. yeah, yeah. Uh, they had to kind of change it up they had to because you can't top it you can't <laughs> top it you have to go in the opposite direction exactly um, so yeah I think like that was kind of I think that's the point you were making is just that <laughs> they, um, they are products of their time this is obviously one of them um, yeah that they are a little bit darker a little bit more gritty than the, the typical James Bond movies but I think that's again it just shows 
you know progression through the yeah. through the character. It's not Roger Moore hiding in a crocodile. Yeah. Uh, it's not a. It's not a. I'm trying to think of another ridiculous thing. What was another one? The Dalton. See, I always see the Daltons are super gritty, and I don't think yeah. they get enough credit. Yeah, that's true. I think again that that comes back to the whole kind of eighties action movie. Yeah, yeah. So like again, but again, I, you would say that about every movie, like every one of the Bond movies is, is they are because they they're a consequence of their time. Like yeah, but it's funny. Just I know we were talking about it at the beginning, and I, I promise we'll talk about this movie at some point. But it's a James Bond podcast. It's going for hours. <laughs> um, but it's 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 funny because the the Casino Royale movie from nineteen sixty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a story that I I will tell or won't tell. I won't get into it too long. Basically, there was a thing with the rights. Uh, so there was two companies that had rights to James Bond. One company only had the rights to the Casino Royale one. The other company had all the books. Um. But the Casino Royale movie is like a spoof. It's like Austin Powers kind of thing. But that came out the same year as You Only Live Twice. Yeah. Drastically different yeah, movies. Yeah. But it's funny because it's just when James when we say James Bond is such a thing of its time, it shows like what an action movie was and what a comedy movie was yeah. about the same subject same, matter. Exactly, yeah. One did a better job. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. Um, but no, okay, so I think we should probably... Yeah, well, this, like, yeah, like, what's about? What's about? It's about James. What's about Jimmy Bond? So again, and that's that's probably the other thing about the story. It again is a product of the time because this is about you know it's it's less about you know big lasers and blowing up you know Zimbabwe or some some ridiculous plot like that. Um, it's it's simply about funding terrorism. Yeah. And again, I think it also goes back to the whole um nine eleven thing as well. Like yeah. this is this is probably this is the first movie post nine eleven, is it? No, it was Dino Day's first one, yeah. So the um, perfect response. Yeah, yeah. It's what the it's what the world needed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. James Bond surfing a tsunami. Yeah, exactly. Um but Peace like soon. <laughs> But um no, so like it's even mentioned in the movie as well that this, you know, the funding terrorism is, is a huge part of this yeah. movie. But I think because the the plot is is a little bit more I'm not gonna say basic, but it, and it is a little bit more complex, but it's it gives time for us to get to use to this bond. Yeah. And it's less about him kind of figuring out mystery or figuring out, you know, problems or stuff like that. It's just simply he has to catch this one character yeah. uh, called the Chief who is kind of um, raising money um, through stocks and stuff like yeah. that um, for terrorists and stuff and that's he, he's kind of like a banker for terrorism yeah um, and MI6 are just trying to catch him but um, and he has set up this high stakes poker game in uh, Casino Royale in Montenegro and they've put Bond in to, to try and beat him so that he'll have nowhere else to run except into the arms of uh, MI6 or of course the CIA maybe possibly yeah um, and I think I think yeah I think the reason why there's no mysteries because he's not sent to infiltrate he's not sent to be under a different oh he is under a different alias but he ruins that but it's like he's not sent to do anything too particularly spy he's just like literally get in there and win a poker game do nothing else but of course it's 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 a James Bond who um, who's just known for just fucking being like oh shoot people kill yeah I'll kill I'll kill a lot of people and shoot people I'm not going to play poker uh, he's a very gritty Bond um, so kind of it, it's funny because if you'd sent Roger Moore in to do Casino Royale it would have just been a load of a load of um, you know sarcastic comments and kissing girls left for all the people bringing over drinks and, and just like having a fun like just laughy time about it whereas Daniel Craig like you said a bit more gritty a bit more grounded Um so yeah, that's that's I guess that's the plot of the movie. But I want to I want to talk about what do you think about uh, James Bond, or as he was referred to at the time, James Blonde. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. It caused a lot of outrage across. Well, I'd say it was mainly just in Britain, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Um, that Daniel Craig was cast. Um, 
yeah, look, I'm I'm not one of these purists, and especially now, I think we've come around to the idea that like James Bond can be anyone. Yeah. Um, like I. Are you saying that because you're blonde in a way, and like you, it him has who's burst open the door for you potentially being Bond? Because I yeah, I look at Pierce Brosnan, and I'm like. That's just me. Yeah. A couple of years from time, I'm gonna be James yeah, Bond. Exactly. Yeah. But now Daniel Craig has cracked open the door for more blonde people to come in and and and, and be basically my competition for the role. They have the broccolis haven't reached out to me yet about taking that's, that's that's it. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But it may be this podcast. This I'm could, telling you, this could, uh, Barbara, first year John Starbuck. Wilson. <laughs> I'm free. No, but again, I think this comes back to James, when James Bond was created. He's created in a time in Britain where you know the everyday man was dark haired, yeah. tall. Um, you know Caucasian whereas you know nowadays because this is a modern take that could be anybody yeah like I, so I think you just more mean about like when they say like oh a dashing man that's the image of a dashing man back in the 60s or the 50s yeah it? exactly yeah, that, yeah. but like now it's just a bit more of a kind of a wider spectrum yeah, on yeah. stuff and like I mean we, we see things more nowadays that like oh you know Idris Elba could be James Bond or like or they want a, a woman to be James Bond or something like that like I would be almost like like on the female side I'd be kind of like I prefer if they just created their own just a, Daniel Craig has come out and said that he's yeah. just like just, just make just, a better character exactly, than James yeah. Bond James Bond is an incredibly flawed character yeah. people shouldn't want to be him but that's yeah. neither here nor there um, but like I would say like in terms of say Idris Elba for example like he's too old no no as, as someone <laughs> yeah, like yeah, Idris yeah, yeah, Elba no, that you know there, he, sh- he should absolutely be within the running if he matches what the character is about. Yeah. Like if he if he can reach the potential of, of what James Bond is, but so yeah. Um. Again, I would have nothing against it. Like again, we've seen that uh, Daniel Craig, the actor, was cast to perform this character. Yeah. It's not like uh, he was fitted into you know a type cast. If that's anything, yeah. So and I think I think what what. It's like, it's not like, so I think obviously what people have been used to was they were used to Timothy Dalton, they were used to Pierce Brosnan, they're like, but Daniel Craig's not like that, so he's going to be awful. Mm. And it's funny because when you go back to how Goldeneye was written for Timothy Dalton, so like, we need to get a Timothy Dalton esque actor, and going back even even before that, where Timothy Dalton was cast because he was like Pierce Brosnan. So, in the sense that, like, yeah, it's they just cast, they had a version for Bond they want to do, and Daniel Craig fit that the best. Mm. Um, and I think he did a great job in this movie. And it's what I think is even more interesting is that, speaking of like, it all being of the time and stuff it's the same director as Goldeneye mm-hmm. but they are fucking different <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy how different they yeah. are I am going to actually mention a couple of things from Goldeneye because obviously we did a podcast on it yeah that's got uh, pretty positive continue <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> uh, I had a, a few kind of uh, flaws about it that like it could have been a, a much much better movie if mm. they had gone in a certain direction but yeah. again that's kind of nor here nor there like it's um, but whereas this movie again like I said it's a bit more of a character study rather than yes. about the kind of the the problem that Bond needs to solve, um, but yeah, like as you were saying, like I think I don't I don't really see anyone else being this character other than Daniel Craig now. Like yeah. if, if you told me, oh, you know, I don't know who Tom was, who, Hardy who was big back in two thousand six, Christian Whoa. Bale. Oh, oh, hold on. Well, actually, I'll tell you what. Well, we can quickly if I if you let me to quickly side thing from your. Just do a slight tangent from your thing. Apparently, so who was in the running here? Oh, actually, yeah, Hugh Jackman was in Hugh, the running. Hubert Jackman and Carl Urban, uh, he, uh, Henry Cavill, Henry C- Cavill. He yeah. was apparently Martin Campbell's choice, but yeah. he was too young, he's only twenty-two. Yeah. Uh, Sam Worthington, yeah. he was another one, uh, most known for Terminator, the bad one. Yeah. No, the first, the first bad one, but like, 
Okay, don't, first, say, don't say that about it. He was in the Unabomber. The that first was a, that was bo- great oh, he was great in that. No, sorry, he was in the Terminator, but the first bad one without Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Put it that way. Uh, who else? Uh, you got, who else we got here? Uh, Alex O'Loughlin, don't know who he is. Uh, Julian McMahon. I think he played Doctor Doom. I think that's who that is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ewan McGregor, Rupert Friend, Anthony Starr. I thought was interesting. That's and, like, an Homeland. interesting one. Yeah. So, I, it, like, there was... I can't imagine him, like, ten years ago. Fuck. Yeah, I know. But it's same with Henry Cavill. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. Anyone that goes on to be in a superhero thing pretty mm. much was good for this. But, yeah, like, I think it's... um, uh, Just to go back to it, you can't imagine anyone else. But, I think, yeah, I think Daniel Craig makes it his own yeah. very quickly within the movie. And, actually, I have a point in which I think that's a, exactly the a pinpoints the turning point of... It's not it's not your grandpappy's James Bond. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the Daniel Craig James Bond. Sorry, I cut you off. Apologies. No, I forgot my point. Excellent. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, but I, I was mentioning just that, like, the way he, uh, Daniel Craig plays it is I couldn't really see anyone else doing that. Yeah, So, yeah. again, as you say, you, you you made the point for me, you know, that yeah. he makes it his own, yeah. which is, again, what I would like to see actors doing, especially with a character like this. Yes. So. Um, and it's it's, it's it's funny because, so, Daniel, uh, Pierce Brosnan didn't come back for this because... Um, what was he, they had to or he they had to, they, million? they would have to no they would have to give him 30 million it was in his contract that he was down to do four and if they were doing another one they'd have to mm. sign him on for 30 million and they were like no <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> no thank you yeah. and uh, sorry that was the other thing like casting an unknown I think, or not mm. an unknown but yeah. again someone well, who's who's not as established someone who I kind of think would be quite interesting and has been talked about it right now um, we could probably talk more about more, it in the next uh, yeah, podcast exactly. but uh, Rene Jean Page I think the guy from Bridgerton Okay, yeah, yeah. They, they talked about him. I was like, oh, yeah. he'll be... Because like, he's relatively... Yeah, young. yeah. But anyway, that's for, that's for next week. Exactly. Um, okay, what else could we talk about Casino Royale? The action. The action in this is probably the most action-y action in any James Bond action movie we've seen so far. Yeah, okay, so this is... You've it, got a bit on action. I, I've got a little... Yeah, I've got a little... A lot of my stuff is on yeah. action. Okay, so... Um, okay, because this is an origin story, I think the, the creators, the director, the writers had a little bit more wiggle room to kind of go a different way different ways with the character yeah okay so um first of all this is the first bond movie where he is um he's just received his double o license yeah um he's not an established agent uh, and he's still learning his way which makes things more interesting because he makes mistakes yeah um like throughout the movie like even towards the end he's still learning on the job yeah and I think the the interesting thing is that, like, for example, we don't see him in the iconic tuxedo until about halfway through the movie. Yeah. A little bit like Batman Begins, where he doesn't put on the, the big cape. The Batman tuxedo until halfway through. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, so, like, he's, he's developing character throughout this movie. And yeah. I think, for me, like, the action is really, really important to that. And it's it's actually integral to the whole story and how he, he adapts as a character. The other thing is this movie has a lot of a, a couple of strong female characters. Yes. Which is unlike most James Bond movies. How correct of you. <laughs> exactly. Um so like what, Bambi and Thumper from Diamonds Are Forever weren't strong enough for you? They're well, beating the shit out of an elderly Sean Connery. Exactly. Yeah. I, think, I think they were uh, they were um, imprisoned after that. <laughs> they did a lot of damage to that poor, poor old, old to paid yeah, man. Exactly. Um but no, so like if if Bond does make mistakes, he is called out on it. So yeah. like for example, after he comes back from Madagascar, uh, um, um, actually calls him out like he, you know, you're arrogant. You're um, she, he, she said, says something like, uh, one second, 
that uh, you're a blunt instrument, you're arrogant, that you, you, you're doing the job, but you're not doing it with any finesse, or yeah. you're not doing it the right way. Uh, Vesper says the same thing about him, like in the casino, that he's reckless and he, he has too much of an ego. Yeah. Um, but again, that makes sense because this is a new James Bond. This is a guy who, again, is still learning. And I think, again, I'm going to jump to the end when he, he shoots Mr. White and we hear the James Bond theme. Yeah. That's when he's kind of come full yeah. circle. Um, but then, sorry, I'm just I'm jumping, jumping kind of back and forth. But anyway, you're parkouring about, David. You're exactly. doing it with such finesse and style. But anyway, back to the action. I think the action tells us a lot about the character throughout the movie. Yeah. So I think first of all, we see his two initial kills. Mm-hmm. So the first one is like pretty brutal in the bathroom. Yeah. So funny story about this. I don't know if you've seen the deleted scene. No, I probably have. I can't remember. That takes place at a cricket match. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I think, dare you I know think, more about James Bond than I. Get the fuck out of here. But like, I can just imagine someone coming in after that. Oh my, oh my <laughs> dear Lord. What is happening here? I don't know any cricket terms. Yeah, oh, someone know. seemed to have <laughs> smashed the wicket here. <laughs> um, but like, you can tell that that, like it takes it out of him. Yeah. And like, that is so brutal that like, it has left a mark on him that like he had to go through so much and then obviously the other thing like is uh, him killing the agent at the start don't, I don't know yeah my six agent is yeah, corrupt yeah exactly like we see that the the agent has a picture of his family on the desk we see that you know um, he's trying to talk bo- talk to Bond and you know he he's obviously he's obviously thinking like oh I might be able to get my way out because he's this. such a rookie because yeah, he knows yeah. yeah but Bond is just so rootless he just like shoots kills dead and just like you know and he he actually funny enough we we don't get a lot of it in this movie but he has a little quip at at the end where he's trying to tell him oh you know the second kill is always easier and he's like you know considerably yeah Um, so that's like the first thing we see obviously in black and white but then again I feel like I'm just going to keep talking about this okay well well, well, I'll quickly just just because I'm I'm not going to make a point on I'm not going to add to what you're saying I'm going to detract slightly and let you get back on Uh, quick thing I love about this movie no big opening yeah no big spectacular thing yeah. it was actually like a like a, a prologue mm-hmm. which I really appreciated because I kind of feel like when the Bond franchise goes off in another direct uh, when, they, when they go off in other ones like, do you remember the world's not enough one yeah that's like 12 hours long know, that yeah. fucking opening <laughs> and it's almost as if like it's 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 such a handbrake uh, sometimes when you go through this action big thing happens and then you see fucking Sam Smith whinging I have a whole thing about the songs anyway we'll talk about it next time but um, it's just you just feel deflated whereas this it's a, it's a prologue and then you got that class song that we'll yeah. talk about later I know yeah. you won't talk about but it's just like I, that's why anyway. it's short and sweet as it's well. short and sweet I love it yeah. um, sorry I just, I just no no absolutely no that's absolutely fair um, but yeah like as I was saying like again it's cool to see that you know the whole other side of MI6 that we don't usually get to see that oh you have to get these two kills first before yeah. becoming a double O agent and then one of my favourite things about this movie is the gun barrel like that like when when has Bond ever done that like implemented it into the actual film or yeah, whatever yeah. so again I just, and then obviously you progress into the song I think we should talk about the song because well very quickly I just want to talk about yeah. nothing will beat the gun barrel sequence of dying after day oh, <laughs> when wow. the bullet comes at you <laughs> yeah exactly and then you get to hear that Madonna song oh my god as John Hackett says it's his favourite <laughs> do you know what it's, uh, one thing I will give it it's a little bit different it's not the typical yeah. uh, formula of like say Skyfall or writing on the wall or, or no time to die yeah, exactly, again I have yeah. points on this yeah, next exactly. week uh, uh, so, this, uh, this theme this is phenomenal yeah. uh, best James Bond theme it's my favourite anyway okay. I, like it again. Uh, I like I like Living Let Die as well again, Living Let Die is great one. it's again very very different to what any typical James Bond like yeah. the, instead of being a big kind of um, how would you say like 
What is it in? Orchestral. Yeah, orchestral. Yeah, yeah, like kind of, yeah. I, mean, I fucking hate the way they've gone at the moment. I yeah. really don't like it. it yeah. But it's very indicative of the whole, like, Daniel Craig is a sad James Bond who's sad all the time about sad things. Yeah. Whereas this was like, he's an Asian, he's going around, he's jumping around Madagascar. Yeah. And the name of it, of course. You is, know my name. You know my name. Because he's been, obviously been away for, what, was it four, two years? Uh, four years. Four years, was it? It was an entire World Cup cycle. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But like, again, I just love the kind of audacity of it that like, yeah, yeah you know my name. And it's a fucking class. Uh, and the, even the, the, um, the graphics of the, the, yeah. the design great funny enough it's the first one uh, since Doc, since Doctor No so it's the first James Bond since the, the first James Bond movie since the first James Bond movie that didn't have semi-naked women da- oh, <laughs> dancing yeah. around the screen there you go. but you might think that's progressive <laughs> but the director or the producers came out and like no but he's not James Bond yet so like, <laughs> we, we wouldn't have the sexy ladies <laughs> why, yet why would they no he needs to <laughs> you need to get two kills before he gets yeah. sexy ladies <laughs> exactly and I was reading I was like you know fair play and then they fucked it yeah. um but yeah, it, it's conceptually great. And even just when you're talking about the credits as well, when we have the original James Bond theme, that song comes back on again. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, man, that's a great fuck. It really high tempo because it leads into the Madagascar bit. And it's just like that, it, it ties in beautifully. Whereas, I don't know, you look at Skyfall and the other ones that are really depressing and sad. And then you're expecting action. You're like, yeah. but you've, you've had so much action that it goes down again. And then it tries to bring it back up, but you're already like sad because Adele's talking about the sky falling. I don't know. Exactly, yeah. Um, but... So, so after the music, we get introduced to Le Chief, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that, That's a quick little scene. Again, we got get an idea for him. Yeah. Um. Very different to the books. I'm not going to talk about the books too much. No. But very right. different because in the in the books, he's meant to be a very overweight, sweaty. Yeah. Like, well, look, Mad Mads Mikkelsen is great. In he's, a, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He, he perfectly play. Well, yeah. He perfectly plays. Um, the character with that sense of vulnerability that I think they went overboard with in the next movie uh, Quantum of Solace with yeah. Dominic Green where he was just like remember that fight scene yeah exactly <laughs> so I think I think uh, um, Mads Mikkelsen it's great sorry I don't have to no yeah, absolutely and then I, I like obviously the whole thing where he's he bleeds from his eyes yeah that's, like, that's... I kind of liked it because they were like James Bond villains are six expected to have this deformity and be and they were just like oh but they they logic it so well it's not like he's got a hook for a hand yeah. and he's got webbed hands and Madonna's good at fencing <laughs> or this North Korean man now looks white <laughs> <laughs> or this man's got diamonds, diamonds in his face, face. Yeah, exactly. it's very much like oh I have a you know my tear duct is and he explains the whole biology of it and it yeah. kind of makes sense but it allows him to be sinister without being too campy yeah, I guess absolutely yeah um, so yeah, we get the little introduction and then we're into Madagascar. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. Yeah. So Ben Stiller, Chris Rock. <laughs> the other two. Queen no, it's it's not Queen Latifah. It's um it's it's Will Smith's partner or ex wife or Is wife. It? Yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith. Is I'm pretty it? sure she Hold on. I don't know about that. We're all out of this out, maybe. But in the in the meantime, while I'm while I'm looking for this, Gary from the future, can you just put in the I like to move it, move it song? <laughs> See, I think I should go in, and now we go to add it Madagascar and then just put in the music. Yes. Yeah, so Jada Pinkett Smith is the hippo and Dave Schwimmer is the giraffe. Yeah, of course. So there you go. Yeah. But back to Casino Royale, sorry. They're, we're in Madagascar. Car, uh, they're watching a snake v. mongoose fight. fight yeah. Um, and it, yeah, sorry. No, so no, that's fine. Yeah. Now, obviously, Carter is an absolute dweeb. <laughs> Carter's a dweeb. Get your hand out from your yeah, ear, Carter. Exactly, yeah. Um, but this this chase scene is is probably one like it's not it's not only one of the best scene like best scenes this movie best scenes in James Bond but like as a parkour scene like we've seen movies try to do it yes. afterwards like nothing really comes. But this close was the this. first the guy who's in it the, the, yeah. the villain in it is uh, 
is one of the creators of parkour. Yeah, yeah. And I um, I love making... I've, uh, after listening back to some of these podcasts, I realise I like to make grand sweeping statements. And here's one. I... It's been. I think it's so rare to bring in someone who has a skill that's so unknown globally and to highlight it on such a big stage, which is James Bond. Like, yeah. what was parkour? And then I don't know. I I really should have looked into it now. That I think about it, but like they just got this guy who had this particularly like exciting action themed skill and implemented it into a 15, 20 minute yeah, scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like that's yeah. ridiculous. I know. It, like, and like you would have been thinking. You know, if you're the writer or director, like this could kind of go tips up, yeah. like, very easily. Um, and like I, I wonder, like I don't know how how much Martin Campbell does the action direction in this movie or any movie, really. Yeah. But like, did they just say to your man, you know, you go off and you design this, or you know? I remember watching a documentary on it, and I remember he was very integral with the storyboarding. Yeah. So he had planned a lot of it out, uh, and I think what's interesting about this one is that not like. It, it looks phenomenal because it is so practical. Mm. So obviously there was a lot of careful planning because when you're when you're when you're getting a, a blonde looking stunt double. By the way, not only are you appreciative that James Bond was blonde because it's open door for you. Think of all the stunt doubles. Know, stunt exactly, doubles. Yeah. They're growing up like I'll never be James Bond. I'm not. Bl- I'm <laughs> open, not. I'm not dark head enough. Open so many doors. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like it, he's driving through on bulldozers and pipes are falling and gas canisters are exploding. Like that's all practical, not CGI. Yeah. And it's just like. You wouldn't leave that up to the parkour guy. Be like, yeah, just jump around. Like a lot of it was obviously carefully planned. Absolutely. Um, which just, uh, and I guess there's another thing I just want to talk about the movie. It's such a timeless movie. Yeah. The, the only thing that unfortunately ties it back is the technology. Yeah. When you see him in his little Sony Ericsson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's 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 so timeless. And this scene, like this, could be in a movie today, Absolutely. and you wouldn't change anything yeah. about it. Uh, that's another thing I will mention about the movie again, just kind of off topic, is it's very rewatchable. Yes. I, I know how rewatchable <laughs> it is because I downloaded it on my PSP. Oh, you had a PSP? <laughs> and I literally, it was the only movie I had on my PSP, so I just like watched it like every once in a while when I was out on a long journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of this, so so this as a as a part of the movie, so. This tells us so much about Bond. We already learned like he he's kind of a force of nature and like again he's very willing. Whereas here we see, you know, his reckless side that, you know, he's willing to do anything to get the job done. We see that with, you know, he's brave enough that like he can put himself in harm's way um by, you know, climbing, you know, the building or climbing the cranes and stuff and literally leaping from, you know, ridiculous heights or whatever. Um, all for the sake of like catching this guy who he thinks might be something yeah. to do with a bigger plot but he has no kind of um, confirmation of that but then as, as we go through you know is there any point in the in the, in, in that scene that you, you want to kind of highlight or is it um, I just have a couple of jokes yeah, yeah, go on, um, yeah Daniel Craig stronger than a brick wall well, see, it was plasterboard. <laughs> plasterboard, and, sorry. Yeah. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna save it to later on, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it now, um, because I'm gonna completely derail your point because yeah. I love doing that. I should think of a segment name for that. <laughs> Leave that one movie. We got Scanlon spots. I feel like there needs to be one for it. So I was thinking for this whole movie, the man is practically indestructible. And what James Bond? James Bond. I don't know. If I'd have to disagree. On in this, no. It, well. I understand he shows more vulnerability than all the others yeah. but when you're surviving what was the Guinness World Records for most car flips in a movie <laughs> and you're smashing through walls and you're surviving being lethally poisoned the only thing I think that could finally get this James Bond this Daniel Craig James Bond is a serious case of blight <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone that's not aware Daniel Craig he's a big potato man <laughs> look at the shape of him he's a potato man squashed into a little James Bond suit <laughs> 
Oh God! <laughs> Only so many people are going to understand. Yeah, that. but look, I, yeah. I just—if anyone takes anything from this, just look at Daniel Craig again and just think to yourself, "I'm going to steal this from a podcast I did before." <laughs> Could he be boiled mash and stuck in a stew? <laughs> so this is going to completely derail my point later on in the podcast where I talk about his vulnerabilities. I vul- no, but like I completely agree with that sense. I just—I wanted to get my blight joke in there. Oh, absolutely, that's fair. Um, but anyway. So sorry, yeah, I was just gonna. Is there any point in in that scene where that like you want to highlight or anything like that? Because like I'm trying to just go through it as it oh kind of the entire affects, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, like I love I love the like I said that bulldozing scene. Um, like the park, like I think the best scene that describes this James Bond nearly in this scene is the parkour guy like jumps and goes through a little hole in the wall and mm. um, just trying to like you know get through that wall as quick as possible. And James Bond barges through the wall because yeah. he's like fuck this, I don't have time for this yeah, shit. Yeah, but I'm, that's it. He's a force of nature. That's, in this, yeah, isn't it? like so I think that was a great little bit in this scene to show that like he's going to do anything to get it done and he's just so determined um, other bit just break it into an embassy zero yeah, z- yeah. zero respect or absolutely no uh, just such disregard for international diplomacy well that's it I mean like the, I, I feel sorry for the poor pencil pusher that he absolutely <laughs> demolishes when he gets in there like he absolutely cracks his head on that imagine that being the fucking working statue. in the embassy in Madagascar for the country that's made up I can't remember yeah, the name of it fucking Daniel Craig is coming in yeah. just beating the shit yeah. out of you but again, that that again brings us back to his character development and how like M really calls him out on that. Yeah. And like I think in in the end she's like you know oh no you have to take some leave after this because yeah. it ends up being a you know a political scandal or whatever. Mm. Um. But again, it, it 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 ties into the idea that he's still developing. You know, instead of being that kind of secret agent that gets in and gets out without anyone anyone seeing or yeah. noticing any anything like that with the cool gadgets or whatever. You know, he just barrels his way through like a you know a, a gorilla or something. Yeah. It just like causes complete havoc, um, and I, like the thing you see is that at the start of the scene he's like, no, we need him alive. But then, like as soon as he kind of figure, I think he, he, again he, through this movie you see him kind of figure out things on the go. He knows that okay, this guy isn't as high up as maybe he would have thought so because yeah. you know if he was kind of a high player he probably would have been evacuated at some stage so he kind of gets rid of him and again it's the it's the scene just at the end where he shoots him shoots the uh, gas canister and gets away kind of shows his um what's the word um tenacity no like he's kind of street smarts that like what's what's the word <laughs> God, I need to bring an encyclopedia. A thesaurus. A thesaurus, sorry. Uh, no, that's the word you're looking for. Thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> he showed What's his thesaurus. <laughs> What's the word again? His, uh, his ingenuity. His... Ingenuity, yeah. yeah. But again, yeah, no, that shows his ingenuity that like he can get into these situations, but he needs to get out without yeah. anyone noticing as well. So yeah, again, that, I... <laughs> as subtle as a, bat, a Batman like smoke grenade, except yeah. he just blows up an embassy. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, so that's that's kind of the point I was making. But again, I, I will come back to the, the point throughout this movie, yeah. throughout this podcast. The, is that, the thread line of yeah, it, action, it, dictating action dictating the, the development the, of the character. Exactly, yeah. Um, just while you mentioned um, M, M, yeah. M, uh, she's a great carryover. She's the yeah. only one that carries over from the from the last one, but I'm glad they kept her because she's <laughs> she's great in this. Um, she plays she plays a very good. She walks the line of, um, being that sort of badass boss, but also just being completely like flabbergasted by Bond just completely going rogue. Yeah. Um, there's one bit I love where like she he breaks into her house and he's like, what the fuck? What are you what are you yeah. doing here? And and there's another bit then when he's in the Bahamas and he's hacking in and he's using her code and she's like, how the fuck is he doing this? And then I just thought it was like. 
you know he's a spy, Em, right? Yeah. This is literally his exactly, job. Yeah. So I think she's a bit of comedic relief in it, but I think she has those strong moments where um, they put like they put the tracking code in him and she's kind of like, no, fuck, like, as in like she gives him the assignment and kind of lays out the rules and stuff. Um, so I do like her for that character because yeah. she's kind of the moral kind of like, moral compass but the kind of the rule setter yeah. of his actions and it kind of she sets the boundaries for what James Bond's allowed to do mm-hmm. but then it allows Daniel Craig's James Bond to be like well no I'm going to blow up an embassy actually yeah. sorry yeah. so I kind of well, like that that's it I, I, well I, other thing I would say is I think it endears him to M yes. in, in, a, in, a, in a strange kind of roundabout way that she knows how good he is and like he's he doesn't have to prove it in the field because yeah. he's proved it to her like doing all these like things yeah and I'll tell you what if Carter was off doing that he'd be sacked <laughs> exactly. he's no good exactly yeah um, so yeah like he obviously returns to M and he ends up going on holidays to the Bahamas mm-hmm. lucky for some yeah I mean like I think I'd get fired from my job if I did something like that <laughs> what if you blew up an embassy and they're like take leave and you're like bye adios <laughs> David's off to the Bahamas <laughs> exactly and yeah. um, so yeah he returns from the embassy and you know, typically what an agent would do is obviously just like, you know, leave or whatever, f- take some time off. But again, we see Bond is so driven and he, he like he's almost on a quest now because yeah. he, he sees there's there's a little tread here and he keeps just pulling at it. So he goes to the Bahamas and the idea is that he's chasing this text. Yeah. Um, the ellipsis. ellipsis text. I feel like we're just going through the movie. I really I don't yeah. know. I don't well, know like, look, I, well, another thing I want to talk about very quickly was um, just about the idea of going to the Bahamas, which is that it's funny, it's great for the cinematic enjoyment of looking at the Bahamas and seeing yeah. all sunny, but also when you think of the practicality of the movie, what are the chances that the person running this organisation, this bomb threat, was in the Bahamas, so James Bond would be like, oh, I'm going there. If he was in Croydon, and James Bond's like, yeah, I'm taking this off, where are you going, Croydon? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? Don't be in there. It's just lucky. Yeah. Um, but there, there's a few bits in this movie where I do, I do like that he pulls the thread and he gets closer and closer, yeah. but a lot of it is very lucky yeah. um, and I think another scene where it kind of shows that is just speaking of action scenes that airport scene yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. which just is another fantastic scene of just practicality character development um, just it, it, the, the pacing of that entire sequence yeah. going from starting the Bahamas and ending up in Miami yeah. um, and how it's so relevant to the plot and not a weird not an excuse for action yeah. but a necessity uh, I like that just it, it's so rarely seen in a James Bond movie in any movies where there's this, that scene literally from when he leaves that taxi or he drives his uh, classic uh, Aston Martin DB5 from Bahamas and is in by the time that Miami scene ends. That is just such a thrilling... I have no idea how long that lasts. Yeah. But that just from start to end is exciting. You've got Richard Branson in yeah, there. What's exactly. that to like? Oh, exactly, yeah. But it, yeah, as you say, and he doesn't have any gadgets or anything. No. Like, and he, he's, he's, going Sony off, he's going off on a whim, really. Like, yes. He, he, I think he figures out that the plane has taken off from there, doesn't he? Or no, sorry, M figures out the plane has taken yes. off. Um, and he, he he actually manages to get in contact with MI6 um, and again they have no idea about this he only just gets in contact on the whim yeah. or like kind of off the cuff um, but we see like again his ingenuity that like oh he knows the ellipsis you know, he knows the ellipsis text he knows that's relevant to something but again he doesn't really understand he's chasing your man um, from the Bahamas the I can't remember his name. The guy, your man with the wife. <laughs> wife. Who's your man with the Rami? Something like that. But anyway, like he, he's chasing him, and he he knows he's something to do with it. But like again, he's not the he's not the guy that's going to um 
to uh, plant the bomb or anything like that. He, he has an idea, like, he's not going to be the one that plants the bomb. But he knows, like, he's he's a drop man, and then and then he kills him, and then he's chasing your man. And he does the thing with the with calling him. Like, yeah. that's, again, it's lucky, but, again, yeah. it's, it's smart. Like, you, you get lucky by being smart. So, um, yeah, and as you say, and then, you know, he, he uses the, the text to get in. And, and again, that's where I'm just a bit like... So you're yeah. telling me the code word they've been using is the pin code for the staff area. Well, that's area. it. They, they must have had an inside man that changed yeah, the Instead of it just like... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Again, that's... And again, you how do they get the uniform and, and yeah. stuff like that? It, it, it's a bomb. But, movie, so. but that's... And I think like you could pick it apart, but you're actually just having so much fun absolutely, with it. Because yeah. you're, you're still trying to work out the mystery with exactly, it. Exactly. You're you're, um, and you're, you're still trying to discover also how this is tying back to Le Chief in yeah. any way. But yeah. we realise that Le Chief's whole plan is... You know, he wants to be masters of stunks in that the whole plot is... Blow up airplane, uh, airline loses a load of stocks, the sheep uh, bets against the market, uh, doesn't work out. So James Bond ruins his bet, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And that is the theme of the movie. Exactly, yeah. The sheep is bad at betting. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, and then the whole thing with the runway, like, yeah. how practical is that? Like, it's incredible, isn't it? It's like, like, but that's what I mean. Like, I was going to say, I was trying to think of another movie recently that did something like that very well, but then I realised Tenant also did a pretty good job yeah. of that. Um, but, yeah, no, like, there's no CGI, like, there's no visible CGI yeah. in it. It all seems very practical from the explosions to uh, the fighting on, like, I bet you look the behind-the-scenes stuff and you see there's actually stunt, stuntmen, yeah. a blonde stuntman, no less. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm making a deal of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, on, on that, like, oil tank thingy, um, so that's, I just think it's, I don't know. I love that. It's one of my favorite James Bond scenes, purely because it's you wouldn't think of it, but when you think of the, you wouldn't think of like oh the airport scene, but when you think of like the entire journey, the journey to get uh, there, it's just it's absolutely just so much. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, but uh, but also just going back to your, you know, James Bond. Um, you see that thing because basically your man's trying to blow it up with this key fob, and he's hoping he's on the you know the that sort of oil truck that's going to blow up the plane. But then uh, James Bond hooks the little key fob onto your man and your man thinks he's going to blow up the oil tank but he actually blows up himself and you see Daniel Craig he doesn't smile yeah. but you can tell he's very relieved he's, with the work he did he's pleased he's, <laughs> the murder has pleased him <laughs> exactly yeah no but that, again that's it like it, it's it's satisfaction more than kind of pleasure yeah um, and James like, Bond yeah Dandro T exactly yeah um, and again it's it's one of those things where if that if that ended up being, if that ended up badly in terms of like the plane blowing up, I think that could have been the end of the story. Like, yeah, like Lashif would have won. Yeah. Whereas, you know, he stops that and he doesn't stop Lashif in his tracks. It's almost just like a roadblock for him. Yeah. He needs to go a different way. And that again leads a us into... A big gorilla roadblock. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But that leads us into Casino Royale. Yeah. Um, so another thing I will mention, uh, again, this movie does really well compared to other James Bond movies is... Um, Keep in mind this Ford Pierce Brosnan one. <laughs> ready for me? Ready to disagree with? I hope you're cutting all this. What? <laughs> I hope you're cutting all that. Never. <laughs> um, is the marks it leaves with James Bond throughout the movie? Ah, yeah, fair. <laughs> it's like from scene to scene. Like how many times have you seen James Bond get you know injured and then by the next scene he's fine? And like this is this is throughout the movie. So like every time like uh, we see him after the torture scene that he ends up in hospital, hmm. we see him um after the stairway fight. Like he he actually actually clean his body to to prepare for the the poker game. Yeah. And again, I think that brings us into his his frailties and his vulnerabilities as a character. Yeah. Um. 
and again it's it's that we see a fr- when the next scene when he goes back to the Bahamas that like he still has all these cuts and bruises on his face he's still battered and bruised yeah. and it, it does take time for him to heal like he's not a robot and that can just yeah. like uh, but like I guess I don't know me just being a bit I think that's I will say that that is actually in the book that he does a lot of this recovery stuff so I feel like again they were mm. trying to be truthful to that um, especially the bit at the end where he's in hospital from the from the whipping scene although mm. in the book it's worse uh, there's rats involved anyway but it's um, it is interesting yeah because you don't see it in many of the other, the other books at all like when you consider that like although I don't know the world is not enough yeah, James, but he's, he's in a sling for about five minutes, <laughs> and uh, he's in he's in hospital. Remember after die another day after the uh, oh my god, he's getting tortured yeah. by the and then he just gets straight and then and he just fight. leaves. No, no, you have to remember. Then he's he has a kiss. He he flatlines. He gets kissed, and then he's perfectly fine again. Um, but yeah, I think this James Bond is probably the most tortured of them all. And I know I yeah. joke about the series being dreary, but I think well, I think it does go a bit too, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for dark not dark uh, like just a bummer it goes on a real bummer this series on a whole yeah, I think yeah, yeah. but for this movie I think it's all very justified in terms of his his feelings throughout it I guess um, and I think just even going back to some of his flaws and stuff when you compare uh, he loses the poker yeah exactly <laughs> like he loses the poker the first time and like whereas you look at the movie two movies for that World's Not Enough Dan, uh, Pierce Brosnan just winning blackjack left yeah, right and centre exactly yeah. um, so he's not the perfect spy because like you say it is the origin movie and stuff so um, yeah I like it and the sorry the other thing I will mention is that the the bad guys in this uh, film they don't just keel over and die after one punch like they they're on the hard difficulty (laughs) if this is a video game they're on the hard difficulty uh, which again I like again everything is a struggle everything is difficult it's not just like one hit punch dead Um which the henchmen like even yeah. like the henchmen and stuff like that yeah. where it's not like I don't know Roger Moore karate chopping yeah. someone and they're dead exactly yeah. um, like, or like proper I, fight scenes I think of like um, in Goldeneye when he infiltrates the, the Russian base like it's it's well, just one point it's not Pierce Brosnan though <laughs> exactly um, but yeah sorry so, so let's let's talk a bit about the, the, about, the, about the casino itself the poker um, actually no let's let's not do that no Let's talk about Bond. Speaking of uh, Daniel Craig's vulnerabilities, Vesper, yeah. the Bond girl in this movie, and yeah. um, she's very good. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And um, she's probably my favorite because she's the most like, she's the most fuck you Bond. Yeah. For the whole movie, but stays like that till, till pretty much there's a there's a point in which he's done something that shows his love and affection rather than her character like comparing it to Goldeneye was like you know what I think I like you Pierce Brosnan yeah. yeah. <laughs> It takes time for her to come around to him. Yes. And like even from the start, like that 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 the, the first meeting that on the first train is, is great. Incredible, I love it? that. Like, the script the script is very good for that. Oh, absolutely. Like because um, you, you can tell like she doesn't think this plan is a good idea at all. Yeah. She's coming at it from a, a monetary standpoint in terms of the national treasury. Yeah. Um which again like when you break down the plans it doesn't make any sense. But again, it's a James Bond movie. Um but like and she goes head to head with him on like so many things like the whole thing with the suit in the room, like that was yeah, I like that. Like, I like that little yeah. interaction. Yeah, um, she she's like, I've pi- he's like, I've picked out your dress. Yeah, and she's like, I'm not wearing that. It's too low. And he goes, Yeah, but the guys, their cards. And then yeah. he goes to the bed, and then his suit's there, but it's one she's picked yeah. out. And she's like, Yeah, well, you look more dashing than this. And yeah. it's just yeah, like size the, them up and all that stuff. Them, yeah. yeah, and then again when he loses the the poker. Um, she calls him out on that as I mentioned earlier that he's reckless he lost because of his ego and all that stuff um, and then you know she's the one that gets captured 
like or she's the one I suppose that's that's what happens in a lot of Bond movies and that's she um a spoiler alert um goes not rogue sorry she double crosses him yeah um I suppose that I didn't think I think I was gonna say that's a bit different but it's not like it happens <laughs> in a lot of <laughs> should really stop trusting the women not <laughs> just exactly yeah um but like again. I feel like that brings out a lot of his vulnerabilities. I will mention it later. Yeah. Is that it, like towards the end of the movie, that's I think that's the last straw that turns him into yeah. the James Bond. And that's why I love this book, but also this movie. Because it does the best job of establishing why James Bond doesn't actually like women. Yeah. Like he'll sleep with women, but yeah. he doesn't actually like yeah. them. And it's because of this. Yeah. Um, it's because he, he actually truly loved a woman and it turns out that the one woman he'd actually fallen in love with betrayed him mm. and, and he, so we do see the difference because he does sleep with your man's wife in oh yeah the Bahamas but again that was pure that's before work yeah. he was just trying to she's gone down on him he's like hey you ever heard of yeah, this word exactly. before he's just trying to figure out intel whereas he actually truly loved Vesper I yeah. think and you see that again in the hospital scenes I think and then you know he decides to retire the creepy retire. shower scene yeah it's creepy David I'm going to tell you why <laughs> you've just murdered a man in front of this poor Eva Green yeah mm. She, you go back to the room there's a spilled glass of wine the glass is broken she's in the shower fully changed by the way fun fact I think Daniel Craig was part of the do you read this fact where I think it was part, part of the, the they wanted her to be like Naked. nude in it yeah. and he was like no, she wouldn't have taken sense. her clothes off what yeah. are you talking about which makes sense lewd for the sense of it. Sense, yeah. uh, and then he goes in and she's like I've got blood on my hands very mixed Macbeth style and then he's like no you don't I'll get them off and he starts sucking her fingers weird <laughs> it's weird David and I won't hear anything <laughs> of it this poor emotionally distraught woman you're there sucking her fingers <laughs> don't like it it's no, weird it's, no it's fair like, if you, can, you can call that out it's fair um yeah, I I can't respond. Neither <laughs> <laughs> could she. She was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> she was like, "I would say that's a weird thing, but I literally saw you kill a man with a sword." That's well, then. Um, but yes, no. I, as much as I do, as much as I do jest, um, it, but yeah, and I will. Like, it shows he cares for her. No, that's true. Um, yeah, but again, it, it comes back to my main point: the action, how it affects not only Bond but also characters yes. around him. Like she like we how many times have we seen that in, in not only Bond movies but other movies that other characters get affected by say what their friends their partners do to enemies or something like that like that was a really interesting scene that that she was like vulnerable and Bond needed to somehow console her to, yeah. to get her again back in the I won't say in the game but again she, he needs her to be kind of that that female uh, Rock the source. In, yeah. <laughs> Female rock in the whole kind of uh, poker game as well. Yeah, like yes, absolutely. Chief, so. um, and just the last thing I'll talk about um, for Vesper, because we're in sports, I don't know if we said no, that. No, I don't, yeah. But um, uh, in the book, she doesn't die at that. Have you read the book? No. Do you want it? It's there. Do you want to take it and read it? There you go. This is my homework for you. But um, she, um, she doesn't die from this big action scene that happens in Venice. Also, speaking of which, none of the, the two locations of this book are England and France and this it's Monaco Bahamas not Monaco sorry uh, Montenegro Bahamas it's also Madagascar what well, starts in Prague <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah so that doesn't happen uh, but she actually kills herself um, in it because what happens is they go to a hostel or like a motel kind of thing to like lay low and 
they they fall in love and and she's very distant with him and then all of a sudden he finds that she's you know overdosed I think is what she does but or like it's like a cyanide capsule because she knows there's a guy chasing her that Smirsh the other operation or, or hunting her and she goes I'll we'll never be happy I'll always be running from these guys so I just I can't do it anymore so I think it's even it's it's more comp it's more interesting how they've done it in this one where she's died but she doesn't want to die I it's it it's a weird distinction to make I I. I couldn't see this version of the character killing herself, mm. but I think it's still devastating to James Absolutely, Bond because yeah. it's like in both he's like I couldn't have saved her, yeah. um, and I think that's nearly why he's so upset. It, like I, th- I think in the book more so, it's more like I can't believe she would do this to me like, yeah. in a way, and, and and that's just I know I'm going off on a tangent here, no, no, but it's no. another thing that was really important for them. There was two things they wanted to. Um, the, 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 the producers wanted in this movie uh, one was the torture scene mm-hmm. because apparently I think they was like oh we can't show James Bond getting his balls whipped or something happening to his genitals yeah. and they were like no it's such a so important in the book we have to have it and the second one was that James Bond's reaction to Vesper's death is the bitch is dead yeah. and he says it in this as well yeah. and I think that's great because that's how the book ends and I love that because you literally go the, like the last couple of few chapters of the book are just him falling in love with Vesper and then this occurs and then the, the, his main takeaway from all this is the bitch is dead yeah. and it goes on to like spawn all those other books yeah. about how he's never recovered from it yeah. and I think for this Vesp, this version of the character Vesper was phenomenal at, you know luring in Daniel Craig's Bond to break his heart and to make him a cynical bastard until he falls in love again in Spectre yeah well that's the, <laughs> that's the thing they've kind of ripped no, you said it there like th- this movie is just full of James Bond being continuously broken down whether it's you know the first thing is the woman he was with get, gets killed in the Bahamas that doesn't really affect him grand that's fine the the brutal killing like again you see him it, it is affecting him it's tough it's 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 uh, it's tough to take the hits and all it's, it's grand but he, you know he survives he gets through then you know he obviously loses the, the poker game that's again another thing that just is affecting him whether it be mentally or physically whatever or psychologically then you know the whole heart attack scene with the with the poison yes. again that's another thing that's just hitting them and hitting them hitting them. and then we get to the one of the most brutal scenes is the um again i'll jump forward but we'll get back we'll, i'm sure we'll get back to it is the the torture scene and you know this is the most masculine character in probably all of cinema the, you know would you say every man wants to be him every woman wants to be with him and you the know, second the, after pierce brosnan's yes. <laughs> exactly um is is just being almost defaced by the asthma ridden yeah blood crying yeah frenchman <laughs> that's that and that's that's one of the things like this is him physically being broken down and then you know the final thing is when he's he is physically recovering he falls in love with vesper and then she breaks his heart and yes. that is when we see the last you know probably ounce of humanity from this character yeah. and by the end of it we see him you know my name, is, my name is bond james bond and he's become that character which yeah. is why i think this movie is so it's so interesting as a character piece yes. of James Bond um, and again I come back to it is because it's an origin story it's, yes. it is very interesting another great part just speaking of Vesper which is I, I think we refer to her as a name but also it's the it, we get to finally see the creation of the cocktail yeah um, that he orders in all the other movies come but on this Gary one, tell us what it is it's called a Vesper it's got so how I was trying so I have a whole thing on this so it's great because they're all drinking and I'm like mm, that's better than I thought I've had this it's so 
Imagine paint strippers mm. in a fancy glass, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> that it's such a strong drink. It's got it's got uh, it's got vodka, gin, and vermouth um, in it, uh, with a bit of with a bit of lemon to dilute it. Um, it's ho- it's it's a it's a stiff drink. So yeah. And I see them all reacting. Ooh, that's quite lovely. Their troth should be on fire. <laughs> yeah. I'll get I'll give you a funny story. So I had this drink in an actual what? cocktail bar what? in Queenstown. How did you? How- it was called the Vesper and it had all the stuff whatever and uh, are you telling Kira- me that you've had a Vesper martini without me yeah I did that's really so, upsetting I will attest Kira will attest to the Kira way- was there <laughs> yeah. oh I'm Kira- actually upset Kira then. will attest to the, the change in my mood after I drank that drink I am upset oh I'm sorry but that's, that's the way it goes <laughs> You could. You should have come visit me. No, fuck off. <laughs> should have had a cocktail, like a best for cocktail before you left. Yeah. Oh, should have had it in the airport at four a.m. <laughs> oh Jesus. But yeah, it's a, it's a hard drink, it's, isn't it? Like it's it's pure alcohol. Yeah. Um. So that's why I just found it funny mm. that they were just ordering it willy nilly, being like, "Oh, I'll have another." Um. But yeah, we'd see that. We see. I know it doesn't become his car, but we see the origins of like. The, the 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 Aston Martin car that he has, um, other kind of bits we see, um, his, oh L- Felix Leiter just speaking of yeah. normal James Bond tropes, uh, is in this. I don't like this version of the character. If I'm perfectly honest, uh, because what's cl- he he's he's more subdued in this because I think in the other one it's supposed to be more James Bond is more, you know, stern and very like you know to the point and get stuff done, and then you have Felix Leiter Harry, <laughs> he's, he's he's from Langley. Yeah. He's like an abrash American. Yeah. And, James Bond's like, oh, I have to work with this guy, but then they become friends because of that. So he sh- he should have been like talking at the poker table, just like. Can't, well, no, but I think I think Jeffrey Wright does a very. Yeah. I, I do like the character, but. So I think that the reason for that is because he's working with the CIA. The CIA in in the mid two thousands, they were. Oh they kind of. I wouldn't say like they, there's a stain on their Yes, their and, but also you have to remember this is pre, it's pre the recession. Yeah. But also it, it's like when James Bond's like, do you want the money? He goes, hell if we need it. Yeah. Just the smugness of it. Exactly, oh, you think yeah. you have that money for a while, yeah, don't you? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do like Jeffrey Wright as a character. And I, again, he doesn't really get too much to do in this. And that's why I don't like, I feel like someone could do more with it. Yeah. Um, but again, I feel again that would take away from, from Bond. I think that would take away from Vesper and other characters in the yeah. movie. I think... Um, remind me of his name. The source. No, your man's name. The white haired guy. His oh, Mathis. Matthias. Matthias. Yeah. Mathis. Uh, again, he's that kind of facilitator in this. Yes. But again, which would make sense because they are in a European country or yes. stuff like that. So I think he kind of takes a lot of light off of say Felix Leiter in this yeah, movie. I suppose, yeah. So th- I think again. Yes. Yeah. I think it's just another reason why. I, and again, we'll move on quickly after. But I just more so mean. I guess you knew he was someone important because he was being dark and mysterious. Yeah. Whereas I kind of would have liked him to be an absolute brash buffoon. Yeah. And then you find, oh, wow, you're with the CIA. Yeah. And there's actually more going on yeah. that he's doing a bit of an act. I think yeah. I would have liked that a bit more. Yeah, I um, But yeah, he gets the job. He comes back for Quantum Solace. Quantum Solace. And Do you remember David Harbour is in it? Oh, David Harbour is in it. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, but also, it's the first black Felix Leiter. Um, the first in the original continuity of James Bond that Never Say Never Again movie that I will talk about yeah. another day uh, there's a black one in that oh. so but it's the first one in the in the original continuity yeah, yeah you're just like why, why couldn't it be absolutely um, yeah what you call it but I, just, I, I like that sort of change of the character I guess so yeah um, right Poker David so did you did you know um, did you like did you understand this I yeah. guess because it, it, I wouldn't say it explains it very well but and like but 
you can understand what's a good card and what's yes. not. Yeah. They've all got either aces or kings. <laughs> They've got the best possible cards at yeah. any moment in time. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I know I keep reference to the book just because I think yeah. it's a funny comparison. In the book, it's Baccarat. Yeah, Baccarat. yeah, yeah. I, had no, I was reading, I had no idea what was going yeah, on. But yeah. I was like, just bring me to... And I think that's a good change they made for the movie. Yeah. They made something that was a bit Again, more... Again, it's more popular at the time. Is Texas but yeah, Hollywood. it's tense. I love all of it. It's great. They've done, like, there's not many movies... Unless there's that one with... 21 but I yeah. think that's Blackjack there's not really like yeah. card game Movies. scenes yeah. that are quite as tense as this Absolutely, which I did yeah. enjoy um, again t- talking about the character development of it like he, as, as much as he loves running through a brick wall he loves going all in when he yeah, shouldn't exactly, <laughs> not yeah. brick wall plaster wall sorry plaster wall no, exactly yeah but again this gives us time to kind of bed in with uh, Le Chiffre as well yes um, so uh, we see we're, you know Bond's trying to figure out his tell he thinks it's the whole bleeding from the eye um and you know again it bring, brings us back to this whole thing that bond is more confident in himself than he should be like he thinks he can win this no problem you yeah. know but like lashif being a as statistical a mindset as he does have his name is the figure yeah exactly considering he's working for you know a number of um he's financially working for a lot of uh, terrorists you know he has to obviously be you know smart at these things so statistically he's really really smart but Again, it's 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 a. Have we ever seen that in a movie where in a Bond movie where it's a it's a battle of wits rather than a battle of you know um, a physical battle? Like we did, we've we've never seen that in terms of like, uh, say, Le Chief doesn't have like a henchman. Yes, but like it's a bit, just yeah, yeah. it's just him, like in terms of what is, what's the word like psychological warfare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's one hilarious scene. I'm trying to think. I, d- I can't remember what movie it's in. I think it's that Never Say Never Again movie, but they're playing like some weird video game and it's getting really tense and you get shocked every time you lose. Oh. But it's not, it's, it's, it's sorry, it's, I was trying to yeah. think of weird mind palace battles, but all I can imagine is them in a fancy house. I, I think it's Never Say Never Again. Is it? You're talking about Sherlock Holmes. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, sorry, I was thinking think of mind castle, oh. mind palace-esque fights. Oh, okay, yeah. And I can't think. And then I thought of that scene yeah. from Sherlock Holmes Two, yeah. Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I remember that house. And then I was like, anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't think so. Is the answer to your question? I think it's always fisticuffs. Yeah. Like even the fact I don't know. You have someone like Christopher Walken playing a James Bond villain yeah. in a future kill, but somehow he's going toe to yeah. toe with exactly. Roger Moore. Be it that he may be 50, 58 at the yeah. time. Yeah. But it, I, again, I think that's interesting. Is that Bond can't use his physicality yes. in this situation? He yeah. has to be. He always has to be patient. Yes. And again, we, we as we mentioned before, he, the fact that he loses again shows us, you know, he's not the well-rounded character. He's not that kind of patient killer that yeah. he's, he's supposed to be. Um, but, but, just, but just going back to yeah. like, even like both James Bond can't be physical, but Le Chief can't be in any way, you know, can't get anyone to go up and just kill him. He, that's why they poison him. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's great because um, it's, <laughs> it's, what I love about it is we're like, do you know how you avoid that? Just don't drink on the job, double seven. Yeah. Just don't be boozing. Exactly, yeah. Don't be so confident yeah. that you're going to win that yeah. you, uh, what you call it, that you overindulge in alcohol. Absolutely, yeah. But again, another thing I will say about Le Chief is we see the other side. We see how desperate he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again is really cool because, I mean, it's it's not often we see um, the uh, villain character in, in a James Bond movie. Like, the, again, we see he 
he owes these very dangerous people a lot of money yeah. so he's he's as desperate to win this he's probably more desperate to win this than James Bond yeah, is yeah absolutely so like again he's a big crybaby he's crying all the time exactly, he's crying those yeah. tears yeah absolutely and if I was that if I was his missus I'd get out of there yeah isn't it she, she's a bit of a weird character I don't know there was something weird about yeah. her character maybe it's because her eye was covered yeah. as well apparently it was to reflect the yeah. symmetry between fucked yeah, eyes I don't exactly, know exactly yeah um but just going back to what you were saying about not understanding the poker, luckily we have the facilitator himself, Mathis, yeah. explaining every hand and every ball. It was so funny because I, I always forget about it every time I watch it, but like Mathis is like, James needs a seven or a six here to possibly do it. Like it's it's the clumsiest writing, but it's what makes the most sense yeah. for the scene. But like it's to catch it's to catch people up on how exactly do it, but it feels so forced yeah. that it, the character's really there to explain yeah, the yeah. rules of poker. Yeah. And I, again, I feel like that's a difficult kind of... Uh, yeah, like it, there's no easy to way to do that, it. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, because like it, it would be very easy to get lost in the whole scene and kind of lose interest. But yeah. I feel like they did a good job. Oh, of that, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and like... It's 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 always weird in these films, and it's not only in that scene, but it's in every every movie. Like the main characters always have the best hands. Yes, like of course. But also, that's why I was I loved when they were at the, the the final like hand when they all go all in, like all the characters, and there's the two lads to the left. I'm like, you don't, you don't, like, put your chips away, yeah, exactly. pack your bags, get your coat. Yeah. You're not winning this. The two lads opposite each other with a shit ton of cash are gonna yeah. win. Um, but it's but just to compare to I know compare to the book, but it's like it's easier doing a book because you can literally have James Bond thinking, fuck, I need a six. I hope he doesn't have a this. Yeah. Because then he'll do this yeah, whereas like you can't really have just, yeah, a, just, a, a, little, just a little monologue yeah. Daniel inside the gorilla brain that is Daniel Craig's <laughs> James Bond potato 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 it's just a wiggle song exactly potato potato so the poison scene yeah very tense very tense good job at making us think um, he's gonna fuck this well, and, yeah exactly well not that he's gonna die but like something like he'll be out of action or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, it does show the desperation of the chief, but again, um, like, it, it is, like, it's strange, Vesper was the one eventually who saved them. Like, was she at that stage thinking, like, because she's a double agent, no, she's, she's still like, I need still, to get, to, I still need to get the still money off. Still need to get the money off. Yeah, yeah I was I thinking. Um, there's a few bits in this where it doesn't particularly line up about why she's helping him. Yeah. Uh, there's also, like, flash forward slightly when the chief's like oh it turns out your friend man this is my friend yeah. Mathis. but why would he say that yeah. it's not it's not yeah um, yeah again him just playing mind games that's yeah. more than anything um, but yeah I thought that scene was really really good again we see Bond vulnerabilities and, and again it's it's less of having the um, gadgets it's more like realistic stuff that a, yeah. a, a double O agent would need he had like, four things yeah. he had a defibrillator two EpiPens and a gun in yeah. his glove box just gonna do a slight Gary derailment <laughs> go for it choo yeah derailment just a skit <laughs> No, Gary, you turn. Which is that I love this scene. I know I only watched this last night, so I know all the I know all the the, the small bits of the movie. Uh, it's great because James Bond has the gun and he puts it in his pocket and then he goes into the hotel and we don't see what happens with the gun. But then when him and Vesper come, Vesper come back to the room at one point, he's like, I gave you my passport. I've checked him. Oh, I believe you have my passport. And this hotel receptionist hands him an envelope in it and in it is an earpiece yeah. that he puts on and a gun. <laughs> yeah. What 
fucking idiot is working in reception you're like oh this must be Mr. James Bond's passport ooh that's a heavy that's a heavy passport yeah. ah, look, <laughs> must have done a lot of travelling that's a five star hotel they don't say they, they don't, don't ask questions any, yeah, exactly. probably. they don't question anything sure so, Mr. Pa- yeah. like it's her passport Mr. Uh, oh, he has peach. peach yes yeah. right. I watched this last yeah. night I can't remember that um, no that's but true, yes yeah. he's only given a few things for this and one of them it's classic James Bond they give him a thing and uh, they, they give him gadgets and they all come in useful the gun the epipen yeah. the defibrillator yeah, exactly yeah um, but like the funny thing is he goes it shows, shows how resourceful he's trying to be because he goes to try and throw up first yes and then he goes to the car well remember, remember he picks up the salt and the vinegar yeah, the, salt, uh, the, salt, the salt, salt and the, the water yeah. the, wall. the reason why I bring this up David is I was going to ask you at the end what flavour of James Bond this was and I'm going to say this is a salt and vinegar and I, think, <laughs> I don't know how he's looking in the next one but he's a bit puffier so I'm going to say he's cheese and onion cheese and onion nice one, yeah. but yes he's resourceful he's trying to get sick he knows yeah. exactly what to do in this situation yeah. he knows he's poisoned which is again just tells us Lot, like he's 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 incredibly resourceful um, but again the last resort is call MI, MI6 get them to try and talk him through how to administer yeah. the, the adrenaline and then obviously uh, use the defibrillator or whatnot. So, yeah. um, fun fact, fact attack. Apparently, there's some medical person who works in Hollywood that was like, "Fuck, this would be a great idea for a, a scene," yeah. and has ever and pitched the idea for the the scriptwriters to include it, and has since been like the medical. Mm. A medical sort of consultant for all the James yeah. Bond movies yeah, yeah. and they just uh, apparently they were a big fan of the books and everything and they were like this would be a cool scene because oh, in the movie in the, in the books I think he does get poisoned as well but that's happening when he's driving and that's why he crashes oh, okay. rather yeah, yeah. than yeah. Vesper being on the road yeah. and yeah. obviously we get the great line when he comes back the, that hand last hand nearly yeah. but that makes no sense why think about it imagine he just leaves he just goes so it's his hand he fucks off and then he comes back and he goes, that last hand nearly killed me. If you didn't know what happened to him, <laughs> yeah. what does that line mean? Yeah, I, know, I, know. I know it's very targeted yeah. at that issue. Oh, of course. If you're like... the two lads at the end of the table, you're just like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> again, they're outside the loop. They don't understand. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but again, I think that's, we, we don't get a lot of them in this movie. I think we get a nice sprinkling of them. It's just these quippy lines. Yes. Um, One in particular irks me the most. Yeah. And we'll get to it. Oh, we haven't got I to it. We haven't got to it. Yeah, yeah. Is this the itch? The itch. Okay, we'll talk about the itch scene. I think we're at the itch scene. Oh, well, look, I, I suppose all we need to say is that he wins the poker and... The, With the, the best possible hand. The best possible hand. Which I, I heard, you've obviously watched The Caravan of Garbage. Yeah. They're talking about how that's really uh, disrespectful is not to show that hand when you know you have it. Oh, is it? Yeah, that like, that. to leave it at the end is like really, it's like a kick in the teeth. Fuck it, it there's $110 million yeah. at stake. No, but just in poker, as in poker... In general, in poker. Oh, that, if, like, if you have it, you have to be the person to show yeah, it. Yeah, like oh. if, you, if you know, you'd be like, okay, here, yeah. Oh, but again, no, again, it's just, it's it's not, it's not in particular, but it's just, you know, this James Bond is a dick. He's a dick, he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> um, no, Speaking I mean, of dicks. <laughs> we have that, obviously, that car crash scene, which is incredible. Another thing I love about this movie is the practicality of all the stunts. Yes. Um, that was done with an air... Canon, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have it here. Yeah. But can I just very quickly go back and tell you another quick Gary fact? Go for it. Yeah. Uh, one of the women at the table, her oh, name yeah. is Sai Chin. She was in um, You Only Live Twice. So yeah. she's in two James Bond movies like 40 years apart, which I do yeah. love. And uh, not the same character, just different. Yeah, different. Um, but yes, the day barrel roll, as it's called. The yeah. car barrel roll stunt by the Aston Martin DBS broke the world record for the most barrel rolls assisted by a cannon. Did they plan that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't. I think it just did. Oh, I have another thing about how many cars they wrecked. Uh, originally, the racing specifications of the DBS meant that a standard ramp would not be sufficient to get the car to roll. So uh, the special effects team were called in to install an air-powered cannon. 
behind the driver's seat. This allowed the car to complete seven full rolls. The stunt was officially entered into the Guinness World Book of Records on November 5th, 2005. So apparently in one afternoon of shooting, the three Aston Martin DB9 cars, valued at $300,000 each, uh, were destroyed for the car roll sequence. Oh, wow. So that's that scene alone, not even talking about the cast, the air cannon, anything, just the sheer, the cars alone is $900,000. Wow, incredible. <laughs> all, for, all for our pleasure. Oh, but it's class though, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the way it rolls. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I thought it was, was going to stop after five, yeah. but it does two more. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> uh, and then I suppose we're on to, uh, actually, no, sorry, I was going to mention something else, but never mind. We're on to the infamous rope scene. The rope scene. What do you think about the rope scene? So this, I think, is, is probably one of the most important uh, scenes in the movie. It tells us in the desperate times what sort of character James Bond is. Um, so I feel like... I think Lashif has almost finished playing the game the game, and he's just... He's, again, like I said, he's desperate at this stage to get the money, whereas James Bond is almost playing this like a poker hand. He knows Lashif has a better hand than him, but he's still trying to bluff his way through it. And I think that's where that that line, the itch, comes from. Yes. Um. The other thing I would say is that the idea of masculinity that James Bond expresses this throughout the movie, not only throughout the movie, throughout all his movies, that he's this super alpha he, alpha um male, uh, and this is just one of those scenes where we see him almost degraded to the probably the worst, probably yeah. the worst torture he's uh, he, uh, James Bond has ever encountered yeah it's brutal and it it's is, it's, yeah. it's great because it's so simple yeah. um, like when you look at I don't know I know this is a bit of a weird tangent but like when you look at the Saw movies and the extravagance they go towards the torture and that mm. this is very simple your balls yeah. are getting smacked with a weird um, like rope yeah. you don't need you don't need a big laser you don't need yeah. sharks or you know alligators sharks or, with freaking lasers laser exactly yeah it's just so simple and again the, the whole minimalist idea of this movie adds yeah. to that and it's within the realm of what Le Chief can work with yeah. in that like he didn't prepare for this he's not very strong so he just goes right what can I do to inflict mm. the most pain um, and I think oh, I didn't like the itch line because I feel like I, there's something about it that doesn't sit it just feels the most off of all of the quips in this movie and it feels very more Brosnan Bond than Daniel Craig Bond well I, I feel like he knows Le Chief is desperate he knows yeah. he's got nowhere else to run he's not going to give him the password to, to the money yeah. so he knows like look you can kill me yeah, he, or no, he know he knows he can't kill him mm-hmm. because he is the only one that has the password. Yeah. Uh, so the the ball is almost in his court, but we see you know the balls I mean? are under the chair. The, <laughs> the balls are between the rope. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that's that's the kind of cocky uh, mentality of Bond in that situation. That again, yeah. like I said, he's playing it like a poker hand. He's bluffing his way through. Yeah. Like he's in pain. Of course he is. We see that on his face. The whole despair. Yeah. Like, anger. And I think that line, it makes sense because he, he, he knows the situation that Lashif is in. Yeah, but I don't think he's a cocky Bond. I think he's more arrogant. Yeah. So I th- like we'd never see him being show-offy yeah. or like, it's not like, yeah, I just actually broke through that wall or yeah, like that. you never get, it's no, the most like schoolboy kind of banter this is the first time we see it in this so it was just weird I understand he's under the most duress he's yeah. in for the entire movie but I don't know it just felt very I don't know I didn't laugh I, I liked it but I just it didn't click I well. think it also because this that was kind of the towards the end of the scene I think it, it does bring a bit of levity into it yes, as well yes that's fair yeah. so like 
if it was all just tension and then yeah. Mr. White comes in and kills a sheaf, I feel like that's kind of like brings a flat note yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I, this is more of a. Yeah. I do enjoy that the most discussion. Yeah, that discussion yeah, about yeah. Mount David. I think when his balls were getting hit, <laughs> <laughs> it's important. It is important. Uh, quick thing about the book. I don't. It's not a. It's like a carpet beater. Yeah, yeah. and I think he has it like mm. wedged, so he just. Yeah, and then there's rats. It's weird. Yeah. So this does a very good job of it, uh, and I think. Uh, I think how it ends both in the book and the movie feels a bit cheap because you're like oh James Bond didn't escape he was assisted yeah. um, in the book it's it's very much like someone from Smirsh the operation yeah. comes in and says like a sheep you've been stealing our money what the fuck yeah. and they kill him but they actually they actually um, uh, put a big they, they mark James Bond's hand with a scar and for all the movies it's kind of like if he has the scar in his hand you know he's a spy kind of thing yeah. like that so I, I like the, just speaking of how the injuries kind of transcend throughout this movie in the books it's very yeah. much like this scene actually that's really important isn't it yeah. whereas there is an injury that should have occurred but doesn't he's got mangled testicles yeah, David absolutely. there's no way he recovers from that no, I'm no, sorry no, 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 I love I wish I had the count yeah. there's no way I'd love for all of the next movies every time he sleeps with a girl it's just like what the fuck <laughs> cut to the next scene it's just women like him yeah, being the ultimate seducer and just like getting women to bed with him and then all of a sudden they're just like what is wrong with you <laughs> No, that's absolutely fair uh, I feel like yeah look just, this man's got balls of steel balls of steel no. um, one thing I will say is I feel like the third act so everything post this is a little bit of a letdown compared to first two oh, acts I disagree really we go we're disagreeing big time yeah, from no, balls to fair. Venice and I love this because that scene ends at about the two hour mark yeah, roughly yeah. Um, and the movie can end it's yeah. over. And when you're in the cinema, you're just thinking, oh, it's over now. Yeah. And let alone are you not expecting a big, spectacular chase scene throughout Venice. You're not expecting the double cross. Yeah. yeah. And I love how they, they just trick you for the entire end of this movie. It's in Venice. It's a beautiful location. Him and Vesper are talking about roaming the world. And then it just becomes, wait, where's the money? Yeah. Well, she's where? It's being withdrawn? Where and it just and it just keep and it just it was great because it just you thought the movie was going to end and it's one of the most impressive um, spectacles within a movie because when you realise it was all built on a fucking they built the set of this on the back lot of Pinewood yeah. Studios and it's just this big fucking thing about yeah. it, and it just keeps going like out of control the buildings are sinking and it's just like this we were in a casino. 15 minutes ago <laughs> yeah. what's going on in Montenegro in Montenegro yeah. and that's what I loved about it. and I agree that. I think some movies you can just feel like oh wait there's another scene but because the story yeah, to no, what we had believed up until that point fair, yeah. had wrapped up and then all it takes is just figuring out that the person who we were 100% thought would be on James Bond's side yeah. turns out she's not has led to a series of events that are both spectacular in terms of scale but also from the story as well yeah so, so the the one thing I would just say about that this scene is um, he does turn into he, he suddenly turns into someone uh, like a, a normal James Bond that just like one hit kills. I feel like there's a lot of um, cannon fodder in the scenes. Yes. I yes, would have yes. almost preferred if it was l- like less is more in a case that maybe have Vesper have maybe two other bad guys, two other villains. Yeah. Instead of having the whole kind of group yeah. or whatever yeah no that makes sense um, and I can imagine that was nearly like the studio sweating to be like we don't have a big yeah a big scene. a big scene like yeah, that yeah. which is absolutely fair enough um, now I will say the ending of this is mm. really really heartbreaking yeah and we see it like the 
the acting from Daniel Craig is incredible. He 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 did call time, didn't he? He uh, he retired. He did. So it's for, he was he's writing his email. Yeah. And he's saying, it's Tony Val, dear M, Vio. I'm I'm retired. It's funny because it's it's in the book in the book. Sorry, um, I know I always mention He's always trying to retire every yeah, time. He's yeah. like, I'm done now. Yeah. And they're like, but hold on. So I love that in this he does set retire, and it makes sense for his character completely. And yeah. um, he put about four good days in. <laughs> four hard days in. That man's balls. Yeah. I've done enough to be able to retire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he retires, he's dust, he's, he's saying goodbye to the service, he's plans, and all of a sudden it just takes a weird guy with a with an eye patch, eye but patch, it's not yeah. an eye That I fucking hated. Yeah. I was like, now you're just being a bit yeah. silly. Oh, sorry, the other thing I will mention, again, one of uh, Bond's frailties, he mistakes, he makes a mistake of believing Lashif in saying that Matthias was working with him. Yeah. And he obviously thinks like, he, he obviously knew, there, he must have known someone was double-crossing him. Um, with, even with the chip out yeah. of his arm because how they've known about yeah, that yeah exactly so um, so what was going so that's again another mistake Bond makes in tr- trusting the villain in what he says so yeah. again and not or believing Vesper as well so uh, it's again just another kind of mm. thread to the and, whole thing and I'm just going to keep mentioning the book thing uh, Mathis isn't the double crosser in the book yeah. so I can imagine it's because I hadn't read the book before I watched yeah. the movie and I can imagine thinking wait what the fuck yeah. that would be like yeah. there's a good twist exactly yeah. and then like have they replaced Vesper with Mathis now exactly, and then, yeah. then change it up yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I, do, I just enjoyed the whole the, the the action of it's great I don't think it's as probably as I would agree it's not as good as the embassy mm. or the, definitely that airport no, scene of course, yeah. but I think it just, I just I was just I just was really enjoying the idea of like sitting in the cinema and thinking this is all over and then yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, there is definitely a lot more emotion to this scene. Like the the parkour scene is cool, and the airport scene is cool, and all. But like, there there's a drive for Bond to obviously save the day, but it's not you know make a break for him. Whereas this feels more he's desperate to save Vesper when she goes into the yeah, lift and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when she does end up under the water, um, and yeah, so like. Again, I mentioned earlier, this was kind of just the last straw for him. Yeah. And then, uh, like you said, from that, we see the the heartless maiming yeah. of Mr. White. He, he's he's now like a human assassin. That's what that's all he is now, yeah. really. Um, a potato like, gorilla assassin. Which I feel like in the, late, in the next few movies, they should have kind of lent into, rather than they, they keep bringing in all these... Now, these I, so, again, we're not talking about Quantum of Solace. No, that, no, no writer's strike yeah, that's Daniel Craig was writing lines yeah. on the fucking thing yeah. I think it was very hard to be able to continue an arc when you've got just such a hot mess in the middle yeah. that you have to try and yeah. and then Skyfall was just so successful they were like yeah. oh well clearly this is how we do yeah, it yeah. and then they've, they they kind of wanted to make everything be about someone from yeah, someone's past or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but also just tying into what you were saying or I, I don't know we're, we're, my kids are into Skyfall eventually yeah. but like how this movie ripped off Jason Bourne Skyfall ripped off The Dark Knight yeah, <laughs> so, of course, it is, yeah absolutely and again it's a, it's a product of its time exactly um, but what I did think was interesting, another just quick thing from the book was, um, just when we were talking about maiming uh, Mr. White, um, do you want to take a guess at how many people James Bond kills in the book? In this? Uh, for Casino Royale. So, in the movie he kills... It says he Bond kills or maims nearly a dozen evildoers. In the book? In, 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 in the, the movie. movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Is it in the 30s? Zero. Whoa. In the book. <laughs> kills nobody. 
He's just said that we're being a casino. Like, obviously, you know, the Bahamas and Bahamas is not in it. Yeah. Not, Madagascar's not in it. Yeah. Uh, Venice isn't in it. Yeah. Um, he's just there to play some poker. It's very uh, boring. But, uh, oh, that's yeah. good. But yeah, kills no one. Which I think it's it's, it's, it's interesting contrast. Sense, yeah. When they're like, you've literally got human, um, you know, wrecking machine gorilla potato hybrid that is Daniel Craig. <laughs> There's definitely something Donkey Craig, Donkey Kong, Donkey Craig. I'll work on that. <laughs> and then you've got uh, the book Bond, which is just like more suave, more like really into his food. Mm. Um, like, like he, yeah, really into his food. Super loves his Super food. Super loves his food. And smoking, my God, does he smoke a lot. Every, like he smokes and drinks ro- like religiously in the book. Um, but it's just interesting compared to the two. Like, no, that's why it's like, yeah. it's, not, it's not the version of James Bond from the book. It's the version written for this movie. Yeah. No, that's fair. Actually, Daniel Craig quit smoking for this. I saw that, yeah. Apparently, there's something about he had to put on a lot of... They were like, quit smoking to be James Bond. PC culture, come on. Absolutely. He's a buff Bond. He's a buff Bond. He's big boy buff Bond. I'd say he was delighted with that scene. The With the little dickers. Little boxers. Coming out. Little briefs. Little buff boy with blue briefs. Exactly. Buff boy. Buff boy brought Bond with blue briefs. Exactly. And uh, look, I have to say, he did a great job in this. He's the only actor to ever be BAFTA nominated for James Bond. Yeah. Think and like, I would say, I don't know, what else got nominated this year for, for all the big things? Uh, Gary, if you could just put in some buffer music when I look this up. <laughs> I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. Uh, so who won for best? Oh, okay. Okay. So best actor nominations were Forrest Whitaker for Last King of Scotland, Leo DiCaprio for Blood Diamond, Ryan Gosling for Half Nelson, Peter O'Toole for Venice, and Will Smith for The Pursuit of Happiness. I definitely want to try and win there. I, yeah, I haven't seen... I've never even heard of Half Nelson. Oh, I've heard of Half Nelson, sorry. I haven't heard of Venice. Venus, sorry, I'm an idiot. Venus? <laughs> Who was that for? Uh, Peter O'Toole. No, I don't know. <laughs> He's in Stardust. Like, why are you nominate him? You're never going to give him an award. Mm. Yeah, I I don't I seen the last king. Wait, the last king. He won for he was the main character in the last king. Yeah, best acting. Oh wow, that James McAvoy was the main. Someone character. was. Oh, this was the year of the Prestige. Oh wow, wasn't it? Yeah, it turns yeah. Out. Oh wow, fucking hell. Let's just do you want to just write to the Academy Awards? Be like, <laughs> what the fuck for the 79th Academy Awards? <laughs> you fucked it, lads. <laughs> you fucked it big time. Yeah, absolutely. What are you doing? Give best screenplay, best adapted screenplay. Oh, the departed. Departed. <laughs> you gotta go fuck yourself. Uh, you gotta, are you a quap? You gotta leave. Are ah, you a quap? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're at the point where we've lost. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, no. But I like, do my quick fact attacks before we end. Go for it. Yeah. Um, it's the first James Bond movie in forty-four years where it's rained. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, it's the first. Wait, mo- when does it rain? Ah, oh, no, gonna- it rains in. No, it doesn't rain in Miami, does it? No, in Prague. The start? Oh, I don't know if it does. Oh, the airport? No, that's... No, that, I think mean, that's just a spray. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. That might be a lie. <laughs> yeah. I'm to think. It definitely doesn't rain in the Bahamas. definitely doesn't rain in Mountain... Oh, no. Does it rain in Mountain... Oh, no. I wrote... Hold on. <laughs> this is a... I know this is an audio format, but I wrote... I wrote Casino Royale rain scene and the first image that comes up is Casino Royale shower scene by Flix Chatter Film Blog and I shit you not David if you want to react to this live <laughs> it is Helm's Deep yes <laughs> classic rain scene from James Bond Flick Casino Royale uh, I think it rains in Prague okay no that's good I think I'm going to say that yeah anyway it was a good it was a good look. that was, was a good, good little bit um, and who else we got it's the first movie since Moonraker to be based on a full length Ian, uh, Ian Fleming novel oh 
And uh, probably the most agree- the most ridiculous fact of all is that producers Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson didn't secure the rights to Casino Royale until 2000 when Sony exchanged them for the MGN rights to Spider-Man. Yeah, I heard that one. I haven't looked up... All right, but the listeners haven't. No, sorry, no, sorry, no. <laughs> nah, I heard that one. Another, just, another. I'm, just, I'm agreeing with you, yeah. Uh, oh, here's another one then. Uh, to prepare for the role, Daniel Craig read all of Ian Fleming's novels and talked with Mossad and British Secret Service agents who served as advisors on Munich. Oh, interesting. Oh, there you go. You happy with that one? Did you know that one before? No, I didn't. I have to watch Munich. It's on Netflix. We should go to Munich and watch Munich. Have you been? You've been to Munich. I've been to Munich, yeah. Jimmy Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> right, any other... Uh, who, uh, did we miss anyone? We've talked about everyone. No, uh, We didn't talk yeah. about Tobias Menzies as Villiers. And um, his young secretary. Oh, fuck off. He plays Prince William in yeah, the... Or yeah, Prince... Yeah. Uh, Prince... Charles. Charles. Prince William? Prince Philip. Philip the Crown. Uh, no, I'm not. We're losing steam. Right. Any other things? To no, add? look, overall, I, like I said, I think I, I probably mentioned at the start, it's a great character study into James Bond. Because it's an origin story, they obviously had the, the room and the time to do it. Um, There's less kind of importance on the, the whole mission. There was more time to kind of breed with, with Bond and see how he develops Dread story. So, um, yeah, look, it's, 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 my, it's my favorite James Bond movie. Um, I was going to mention some things from Goldeneye how that could have been a better movie but we'll, we'll leave we it did, we did we won't, we won't, we won't kick uh, Pierce Brosnan while he's there you're fucking better or not mate <laughs> he's already struggling to deal with the James Corden catastrophe that is Cinderella <laughs> he doesn't need your shit right now okay um, but yeah no look I, I think it's a great movie and I'm actually I'm quite I hope I have high hopes for No Time to Die um, yeah, I don't think for a movie that's been on the shelf for so long and they've thrown so much money at, yeah. they wouldn't have it as long as they would unless it was good, I, I hope, yeah. because you'd want it to be shorter so it would run, like they'd run, be able to have more screenings time. showing yeah. of it. Yeah. So I have high hopes that they are going to sign off the Daniel Craig. Uh, did you see that clip of him crying, actually? No. Ah, he's a clip of him crying at when he finishes No Time to Die on the set. Oh. Yeah, he's there like, oh, I only said that I'd rather cut my wrist than come back and do this, but then I got $80 million and I'm so happy to be here with you. And <laughs> to that effect. Yeah. Um, I've but- never seen a potato cry. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely something there. <laughs> um, he's, he's a real man now. He's a real man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, oh my god we should go we should go back and, and analyse every time he was doing something and then describe what type of potato he was <laughs> in the ball whipping scene he's mashed potatoes um, I don't know he was um, in Bahamas boiled potatoes boiled potatoes yeah. No, yeah yeah boiled potatoes no he's fried potatoes fried potatoes yeah he's the chippy boy yeah. <laughs> he's crispy he's crispy Anyway, so, <laughs> but, but yeah. Sorry, uh, Daniel Craig. We sorry, do, Daniel Craig. We do think you are a good boy. Oh, you're very good in Knives Out, though, he's Daniel Craig. Good. Yeah, very good. I love his accent. Oh, he's very good. Yeah. Anyway, so, look, um, yeah, high hopes for No Time to Die, uh, but this was a phenomenal start to the Daniel Craig and um, James Bond experience, but it's also been a phenomenal start to the David's 007 duology of, Dan- of, of Danny Craig's dreary anthology, so... <laughs> Love it. It's great. I love it so much. <laughs> Especially the rhyme at the it's end. A, it's a doublet, David. <laughs> Marion Sia would be proud. Oh, right. 
<laughs> I'm going to send that to her. That is my English teacher from secondary school. Yeah, we all know her. We all know her. Marion. Uh, but yeah, but David, thanks thanks again for coming on and doing this and trekking to the new Deli- podcast studio. Delighted to be back in the studio. Yeah, and you're stuck here for next week oh, now as well. Can you wait? But yeah, also thanks to anyone who's listened to this or any of the other ones. Uh, if you want to know when new ones are coming out or keep up to date with the pod, you can follow at Reading in the Peers on Instagram. You can follow on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Goodbye. <laughs>